We acknowledge and pay our respects to the Ghana people, the traditional custodians whose ancestral lands we've recorded this podcast on. We acknowledge the deep feelings of attachment and the relationship of the Ghana people to country, and we respect and value their past, present and ongoing connection to the land and cultural beliefs. Hello and welcome to Leveling Up, your leadership podcast brought to you by professional and continuing education at the University of Adelaide. The podcast will bring you all the tools, tips and insights to help you unlock your leadership potential and get the most from your team. We'll bring you stories from South Australian leaders and the latest leadership thinking and ideas from the university's facilitators to provide you with the essential guide to levelling up your leadership. Hi and welcome to the latest episode of Leveling Up, your leadership podcast. My name is Sonali De Silva. I'm a facilitator for the University of Adelaide's Professional and Continuing Education and founder and principal consultant at Equality Consulting. In today's episode, I'll be exploring how you can create inclusion and a sense of belonging in your team. Enough research now exists to indicate that these are important practices for leaders that have tangible positive effects on employee engagement, workplace culture, team performance, commitment and decision making. But what is inclusion in the workplace, you might ask? How do we define it? Inclusion is a feeling of being welcomed, acknowledged and respected for one's unique background, experiences and identity. Inclusion is a powerful way to activate diversity at the workplace and allow people to experience connection and a sense of belonging. Long back when I gave my first big interview for my first big job, it felt a bit overwhelming. I did get selected for that job and it proved pivotal to my own leadership development. The head of our function, who was vice president at the time, was also one of the key interviewers. He made me feel right at home, even before I joined the company. He was in fact one of the first few inclusive leaders I met. Back then, I didn't have the right words to describe how I received his leadership. Now I can look back and I can join the dots. Under his leadership, I experienced equality. And I realized how good that felt, how right that felt. My being there mattered. I wasn't a junior resource or one of the minions. I felt seen, heard, respected for my share of talents and experiences. I wasn't talked down to or brushed aside in favor of those most senior to me. My achievements weren't undermined. And I wasn't forgotten an email when I contributed to larger goals. My ideas weren't ignored or judged. I genuinely felt included and like I could belong at my workplace. In fact, I stayed much longer at that organization than I would have if I wasn't as included and cared for. I'm still in touch with that leader. And our connection and mutual respect has lasted more than two decades. That's the long-term impact inclusive and equitable leaders can have, both on someone's life and their career. Ever since, I have felt the onus to be the kind of leader I was shown the example of. I now spend a lot of my time helping other leaders do the same. Why is this important, you might ask? This is one of my examples where it had a lasting impact on my experience, especially as I was growing in my own leadership. But research proves that experiences of inclusion and belonging matter at work. Included teams have a much higher chance of experiencing fairness, respect, belonging and psychological safety. When included, people feel more visible, valued for their contributions compared to teams that don't experience inclusion and safety at work. Another study indicates that included employees are much more engaged at work. 
They experience better well-being, are highly committed to their companies and recommend them as a great place to work, while also staying on with the organization at least twice as long. These positive leadership and cultural practices result in higher performance, as you may imagine, more collaboration and better quality decisions. That's quite a payback, you'd agree. Belonging, though, is a bit different from inclusion. It's an outcome of being included. A sense of belonging is having a sense of ownership and connection when one feels visible, safe and valued in one's identity at work. In fact, Deloitte's Human Capital Trends report ranked belonging as one of the top people priorities that organizations face today. Now, this is especially handy when difficult business issues require dialogue, persistence and collaboration to achieve the best outcomes. How can you tell if a workplace is inclusive, though? Are there indicators, some telltale signs? If you entered a workplace, you might see some signs that tell you if that workplace is inclusive or not. For example, it's visibly diverse. So you know that diversity and inclusion is a purposeful action, not just a good intention. Or that employees have a voice through employee resource groups or showing up or being able to participate and speak up safely. Or that leaders show up to diversity and inclusion related events and training and lead from the front. Another indicator of an inclusive workplace is higher engagement and retention, which means your talent is not a leaking bucket. In fact, most people stay longer at inclusive workplaces. Now, if this is such a good thing to do, what stops leaders from getting on with inclusion and belonging? In my experience with inclusive leadership, there are three key barriers. The first one, low bias awareness. This means failing to recognize and interrupt unconscious and conscious biases that can cloud your decisions and create exclusion and unfairness at work. Second is the hesitation to engage with people who are diverse or quite different from you for fear of offending them or feeling uncomfortable with the unknown and unfamiliar. And the third barrier I feel is prioritizing efficiency over psychological safety so that results become paramount even at the expense of well-being, safety and respect at work. As you can see, teams wouldn't thrive under such challenging conditions and eventually performance and retention spiral downward. None of these are unsolvable issues though. Here are eight practical ways that I want to share with you so that you in your leadership can begin leading with inclusion and belonging. And you can do this over a short period of time. So I hope you get something out of this. One, speak to people in an equitable and inclusive way. People always know if they are being talked down to or your tone might be indifferent towards them because you don't think they are as important or good enough. While hierarchies exist at work, nothing stops you from being equitable, irrespective of who's in front of you. This includes treating people as your equal on a human level and not being dismissive, judgmental or parental if you felt disappointed with them or they made mistakes at work. It also means giving people your time, offering equal opportunity to share their ideas and listening to their concerns and complaints with fairness and openness. When people feel a sense of equality, it raises their self-worth, their connection to the team and instills loyalty at work. Two, show curiosity and commit to listening and learning. One way to get educated on inclusion and bias interruption is through attending training. Another way is to show curiosity. 
which is one of the most effective ways to counter judgment and challenge assumptions. Curiosity helps you learn new information in a context-rich work environment. When you ask questions such as, what was it like growing up in that country or culture? Or what did you appreciate and respect at your previous workplace? Then genuinely listen and discover what the other person thinks, believes and values at work. This stops you from assuming their identity or their needs and taking important decisions based on accurate information, not your assumptions. 3. Value uniqueness and not categorize or judge people. In my work with diverse organizations, I often hear this complaint. Those who are in cultural or racial minority can be confused for others in the same or similar identity group. Someone I once met was convinced that they had heard me speak at an event. They tried persuading me despite my saying that I never attended or spoke at that event. For sure, they must have heard another capable person they culturally confused with me. While I chose to handle this with humor and generosity, it can make people feel replaceable and not included. You might be surprised to hear that this is not uncommon within workplaces. Make sure you remember people, apologize when needed, and not assume awareness or information. Four, genuinely appreciate individual contributions. The great resignation, as you might recall, drove millions of people from their jobs. They called it quits on work cultures that routinely undermine their contributions at work. This meant feeling unappreciated, uncared for, or treated like a means to an end. Research shows that non-monetary rewards prove to be the decisive factor in both engagement and talent retention. Even so, leaders can miss opportunities to value their people or assume that others know they are appreciated. Valuing people is not a one-time activity and you might agree with that. So next time someone does something worthy of praise or even fails after genuine efforts, let them know you appreciate them and their contributions and hard work and it really matters to people to hear this. 5. Protect people from being labelled or targeted at work. One of the key responsibilities of a leader is to protect the baseline of team culture, which means when you observe poor behaviour, inappropriate humour or disrespectful communication, take action. Check in on that affected person or people and coach others privately on what you observed, the impact it had on someone and what you expect them to do instead. If you don't protect people from exclusion and disrespect, more such incidents will happen and over time it erodes team culture and values. Reminding people of behavior expectations raises accountability for inclusion and respect. As a leader, role model what you want others to do and hold your team to account on inclusion. 6. Check in on people when they need empathy. While empathy is not always the right tool, it's vital in specific situations. I remember when I was facing personal adversity in one of my jobs, the person in charge offered me efficiency instead of empathy. They seemed more concerned with time lost and how quickly I could get back on the road. Needless to say, I felt deeply disconnected from my workplace that day. If one of your team members is facing adversity, show empathy, which makes people feel visible, cared for and significant at work. This doesn't mean you have to solve problems or have long and emotional conversations. This is about listening to someone's struggle, acknowledging that they're having a tough time, asking what support they have, what more do they need from you, and how you may contribute to their well-being and recovery. Caring and empathy takes much less time than you might imagine, and it goes a long way in creating inclusion and belonging at work.
Seven, address people with care on their names and pronouns. In my consultations with employees on what makes them feel included and what makes them feel like an outsider at work, I often hear this. People feel excluded when either their names are not remembered or mispronounced or even smiled at for being unusual or difficult. Some people shorten their names to avoid awkwardness and give up on their original names altogether. Imagine trying to belong when you can't even preserve your name at work. It's like saying you are so different that I can't even get my head around your name, let alone your aspirations and goals at work. Instead, ask people how to speak their name correctly and then write it down in a way that works for you. People really like that. Eight, and the last one, give everyone your attention in a meeting and protect ideas. An important context in which to amplify inclusion at work and interrupt biases is meetings. These are not everyone's favorite place to be. Meetings can often have lopsided monologues from a few people, while others sit in silence and discomfort. And those who are not heard enough in meetings might have a few reasons why they took a backseat. Consider introverts or those who are neurodivergent, new employees, the junior most person at the table or the most different person at the table and often women who do get interrupted more than others. People also get interrupted and are unable to finish their thoughts or contribute to the decision at hand. As a leader, make sure everyone gets the space and time they need to make meaningful contributions. That wraps up the eight suggestions I had for you today to create inclusion and belonging in your leadership. I hope this proved thoughtful and practical for you to do something with, maybe right this week. When you put into practice these eight ways to create inclusion and belonging, your people can feel welcomed, acknowledged, respected and valued at work. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leveling Up, your leadership podcast. For tools, tips and insights to level up your leadership, subscribe to this podcast and follow professional and continuing education at the University of Adelaide on LinkedIn.